Schmitty and I feel like talking about on any given week. We got a really fun show today. We're going to be uh, after this segment. We're going to take you over to uh, Park Tavern over in St. Louis Park, where we're going to be talking with uh, with Chad uh, and some other folks about the launch of Cigar City, uh, which is a, a Florida brewery, a Tampa-based brewery that's uh, just going to start being available here in Minnesota. So we'll tell you all about that when we head over to the Park Tavern coming up in uh, in just a few minutes. But now I am on the phone with uh, Jace from Shells. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Doing fantastic. Wanted to touch base with you because uh, there's something really cool happening uh, down there at Shells. Your your Star Keller project. Yeah. And uh, I want to give you an opportunity for anybody who might not be aware of what Star Keller is uh, uh, to to give us a sort of a brief uh, reminder of what Star Keller is. But your Star Keller project's coming up on your uh, your one year anniversary, and you guys are planning something really unique and cool around that. Tell us all about it. Yeah, absolutely. So our Star Keller that is our sour beer facility. Um, and for people that aren't familiar with our, our our whole sour program, we have restored ten of our old. Cypresswood lagering tanks. They were built in 1936 uh, inside the brewery, and we used them um, continuously. There was just regular part of beer production uh, up until 1991, so about 60 years. And uh, then we retired them, put them into storage, and, and uh, you know let them sit for 20 years, and then decided, hey, let's bring them back and start making sour beers. Um, and so uh, we about two years ago, we moved them. Uh, we built a dedicated facility to, to kind of showcase these tanks and, and really go all in with our sour beers and um it's been the tap room now has been open for a year and kind of in lieu of having just a straight anniversary party we wanted to have a sour beer festival and so it's called uh funk junction sour beer fest at the star keller um and what it is it's a it's a invitational so we invited 25 of our other breweries from across the country some of our friends uh to come pour some of their sour beers as well alongside of us um so uh all of our all the breweries are listed uh if you go to our facebook page um uh star keller or shells brewery uh it lists all the breweries there but we're tying it in with the bottle release uh fun junction peach so um huh. that that bottle will be exclusive to attendees at the festival uh and then we'll be tapping a bunch of sour beers i think we'll have um six new sours on tap um in addition to you know Pulling out some old favorites, some some dusty old bottles that we've been keeping for a while, and then uh, each each of the twenty five of our breweries pouring is going to have two sour beers on tap. That's so. really really cool. That's really neat. I don't think I've heard of a sour beer festival before. Have you have you seen this done anywhere else? Is this something that 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 people have done have played around with? Yeah, I've I've been to a couple. Um, Crooked Stave hosts a really cool one every year, right around um, uh, Great American Beer Festival that I've been to, and I just loved it i mean it was such an amazing experience and uh you know with sour beers kind of being funky we kind of want to take that theme a little bit and run with it and so we've got a uh, a dj that's going to be kind of elevated um with disco ball and, and lights and stuff and so it kind of a uh you know mm-hmm. kind of a different take on a, on a beer festival it's going to be um kind of a more fun kind of party atmosphere yeah uh, we also have a funky cheese pairing station that Ooh. we're going to be um on site um just a you know sour funky beers go really well with funky cheeses and then we also have a a local um farm that does barbecue um so they're going to be on site as well so that's also included in the ticket prices so call it a beer beets cheese and um and beer uh, <laughs> and more beer, beer beets, <laughs> cheese and 
<laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> we're uh, we're talking with uh, Jace from Shells. They got the uh, Funk Junction Sour uh, Sour Beer Festival coming up on May nineteenth to uh, commemorate the uh, the one year anniversary of their uh, of their Star Keller project. You uh, you mentioned uh, you invited uh, twenty five breweries from around the nation. Who are some? Uh, you want you want to give us a little teaser of some of the ones you're uh, you're more excited about. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we wanted to invite all the, the breweries from Minnesota that are doing mixed cultures. So, um, you know, Indeed, Fair State, uh, Fulton, Bemidji, uh, Forager. Um, and I'm, I know I'm forgetting some on the spot here, but uh, as far as like breweries around the country, you know, some of the bigger names, New Belgium is going to be here to shoot. Um, Sun King out of Indiana. Odd Breed is a, is a really cool upstart uh, um, wild culture brewery out of Florida. Um, Yazoo in Tennessee, Solera out of Oregon, um, Speciation out of Michigan, Paradox out of Colorado. So, uh, definitely a, a nice, cool range of, of breweries across the country. Boulevard from Missouri. So, uh, and it should have That's a lot awesome. of variety too of, of the types of beers, of wild beers that they're making. You know, some are doing Saison, some are just American wild ales. And I think it's going to be a really cool, uh, you know, if for someone that's really trying to get a, you know, get into sour beers or somebody that really loves sour beers in general. I think this is going to be a nice, yeah, there'll uh, be a very cool little bit there for everybody. I'm sure for for all yeah. the different palates. Yep. Uh, talk a little bit about your your, your Star Keller uh, project. How's that? You know, it's, it's coming up on a, on a year. Um, yep. How has it been received overall? Do you feel like the uh, do you feel like the the, the sour beers? are continuing to sort of grow in popularity or are you finding that it's a rather i don't know a, a, a rather a rather set market for those that are that are into the sours and 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 you know has it has it sort of plateaued no i don't think so at all um you know one of the the cool things with having the tap from here that only does sours is you know every day we're introducing people to sour beers and and i think you know, not to start a, you know, controversy about kettle souring versus mixed culture, but <laughs> it's it does seem like that people that have had experience with sour beers, it's usually with with kettle souring, and I, and I think a lot of people's first experience has been a bad one. Um, and that's something that we really strive for here is, like, you know, we, we treat everybody like it's their first time trying a sour beer, and we want to make sure that that experience is a good one. So we're very, you know, upfront with education, talking about our process and how we make our beers, um, you know, and, and really making sure that the beers we're putting out are, are on point. We don't want to put out a bad product because it, I do think that it can ruin a lot of people's experiences um, and turn them off as a category as a whole. Oh, I'll just I'll um, speak for myself. I remember the first sour I had, I think, was uh, I thought was awful. And yeah. I was like, you know, in, in your impression, you can't help but think if this is what sours are, then I'm not interested in trying anymore. You yeah, know, absolutely. if you if you first one you have is is not good and 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 you really don't like it, uh, it's gonna take a it's gonna take a lot of convincing to get you to uh, to get you to keep experimenting trying it trying it again. But as I've had more and as I've tried more, you know, my palate has has grown a little more accustomed to it, and I've found the the I found the ones that that I enjoy and that I like. And so yeah, you it, you want your first experience with with anything, not just a sour, but uh, with anything to be as positive as possible. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that we're we're, we're really, really big on is with the education point, uh, aspect of it, and then also trying to introduce people through food. Um, we work with the local co-ops here in town, and we always have like a pairing plate that's available. Uh, you know, bread, cheese, a charcuterie kind of plate thing that 
um, we're constantly kind of rotate through mixing it up and, and it's just a way of another way of introducing people to sour beers through something familiar and that's food. Um, you know, and then and we try and have them all pair in a general kind of a sense. And then every time we do a beer release, we always want to make sure we have some unique pairing aspect that goes with it, with the tapping. So this weekend, um, we're, we're doing a new release called Basin of Attraction. Um, which is a blend of two of our fooders. Um, so it's this really bright golden sour that had a lot of pineapple characteristics. And then we dry hopped it with um, Denali, um, which is a very pineapple forward uh, American hop variety. Yeah. And so the pairing for this weekend is pineapple upside down cake. You know, it's like this Perfect. sour combination that is going to be dynamite. Um, and so I was trying to do something like that, some kind of sweet dessert pairing that goes well with the beers. And that's been, been really popular. Has there been anything that you've learned in the last year with uh, with Star Keller that you've learned about the about the process of creating sours that you think uh, was uh, was was really valuable and that you've uh, you, you've maybe refined your process a little bit uh, with that experience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our our process has kind of been evolving from the get go. Um, you know, and then kind of a big process change for us is when we switched facilities. Um, we were doing a, a very, I'd say, difficult type of primary fermentation technique um, that we've kind of, re- you know, evolved over time, um, and it's turned into a more repeatable process, and it's also, in turn, I think, slowed down um, our souring process, which has been interesting, too. Um, it just, we don't, we're not going into secondary with such a high acidity as we did before, okay. um, and it just seems like the it takes those beers a little longer to develop, and hopefully, they you know with the slower development they're more complex uh, when they do get released. So nice. that's something we've we've been noticing, and that's just it's all you know connecting the dots, looking backwards. Um, <laughs> it's really hard. You, you make a process change, and you got to wait a year or two to see if it worked. <laughs> yeah, and that's in the meantime, you know you're you're probably still doing that process, and so now you've made beers for a year using that process and you don't really know if it worked or not and it's got to so, keep you up at night a little bit i mean especially it's one thing if you're sort of doing that as a home brewer and just having fun but you know when you're trying to run a business yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah. you know you got a process going and you don't know you know whether or not this is going to be uh something that's going to be you know appreciated and accepted by the marketplace for for a year man that's that's got to be a little nerve-wracking yeah, yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> All um, right, Jace from Shells, man. Thanks for uh, joining the show. Really appreciate it. We are out of time this segment. Uh, but go to the website. You want to give out the website where people can find out more information about Funk Junction? Yeah, so our Facebook page, uh, Shells Brewery, uh, at Shells Beer, and then also at Star Keller. Um, we're going to have all the ticket information on there. Otherwise, our website's www.shellsbrewery.com. Perfect. Oh, wow. Funk Junction coming up May 19th, 25 breweries, a sour beer fest. Should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, take care. Thank thanks, for, uh, thanks for joining us. More from Minnesota BeerCast. We'll be uh, recording live from Park Tavern for the release of C- Cigar City Brewing out of Florida coming up next. It's John Justice from Justice and Drew. And did you know your body has over 60,000 miles of arteries, veins, and capillaries? Keeping these pathways functioning properly is essential for overall heart health and a long life. Introducing Weeder Artery Health, a specialized dietary supplement created to ensure healthy blood flow and arterial flexibility. Your bones create and release calcium into your system. Menacu 7 is a... The uh, fantastic... 
fixture of the, uh, the southwest side, the Park Tavern. I can't believe we drove over here in that break. We, we drove really fast. Well, I, I scheduled a couple extra commercials in the break just to <laughs> give myself a little extra time. Got to pay those bills. <laughs> <laughs> finally, Schmitty's been here for hours just waiting on me. Well, you know. We had that miscommunication. I thought we were at the studio. You thought we were here. I had a few beers while I waited. No, I, I would expect nothing less. <laughs> we are here for the uh, for uh, pretty exciting news here in Minnesota. The, uh, the the launch party for Cigar City Brewing. Yes, sir. Uh, entering the Minnesota market for the first time as a uh, as a Florida boy. Uh, that excites me. You know, I've enjoyed Cigar City for quite a while. I can tell you're excited. trips and visits down to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tampa Brewery, we will uh, will get to that. Yeah, we will. We've got got a ton of stuff on the show. We've got Luke is, of course, going to join us from uh, Famous Cigar City. Uh, Dan is going to join us from Liftbridge. Uh, We're going to get into that probably a little bit later. Uh, But let's let's talk to Lucas about um, Cigar City and, and the history behind the brand. Welcome to the show, Lucas. Thank you all for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So for the uninitiated, um, who is, what is Cigar City? Who is, what is? Um, <laughs> we just turned nine, uh, first of all, so we've, we've got to start some big plans for next year. Uh, but really, it was, it, it was kind of conceptualized, I think, like most breweries are. You know, our owner, uh, Joey Redner at the time, traveled a bunch, didn't have a ton of great beer in Florida, you know, wanted to come back. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, you live there, <laughs> so you know that. So it's gotten a lot better. I mean, I, I don't know the exact count now. I know we're well over 60 breweries just in the Tampa Bay area where there were only a handful at that time, so it, it's it's awesome. Would you say that Tampa Bay is, just a, a question from my perspective, having, you know, been down to Florida, go down there at least once a year, would you say Tampa Bay is sort of leading the way in the state of Florida? feels like it, but I, you know, that's from a outsider visiting one a year perspective. I, I think more so of late. South Florida would, would make a push as well, but it's much more uh, spread out. I think in South Florida, you really have a, a density. If you're talking just the Bay Area, the St. Pete, Clearwater, Tampa kind of area, Sarasota as well. Uh, you know, Jacksonville's got a great scene as well. Orlando's a little bit behind uh, that. I lived in Orlando for years, but I, I would say so. I mean, okay. Maybe I'm biased in that, but I think the density and the quality um, puts it up there for sure. I, w- I would agree. I think people come visit the area now because of the breweries, which is awesome. So when did the brand uh, originate then? Uh, it started the process in 2007, but we consider our birthday March 2009. That's when we first started selling beer. Uh, so that's, that's you know, if anyone's familiar with our Hunapu's Day Festival, that's the reason it's the second Saturday in March every year. Uh, we consider our birthday celebration. So um, just turn nine there. And, and really, the, the name Cigar City goes back, you know, among other things, Joey's incredibly knowledgeable about history, and you never have any delusions of grandeur of where your brewery's going to be, so you do want to fly the flag uh, for Florida. And we, we try to tell stories, and, and Cigar City was, an homage to what Tampa once was of the cigar manufacturing capital really of the world so you know a lot of our beer names actually everything in front of us today kind of has that tie somehow to, to Florida hopefully it makes sense but we feel a quality beer will translate everywhere so na- name or otherwise I like that that branding and in in many ways I think it's similar to what Dan and you guys have done at Liftbridge where you've got that that iconography where it's you've got Cigar City and Dan you guys have Liftbridge where it ties into that local culture and the local feeling and, and the, the folks that live there that can identify with um, the locality and the beer and the brand. Yeah, it generates sort say, of a sense of ownership and a yeah, sense of pride. But it's not but it's not Tampa Brewing. It's not Fortunately that name was taken brewing. at the time uh, so I don't know that he would have gone that way but fortunately it was already taken so it does allow you to travel a little bit more when you're not yeah, geographically it, it, it tied yourself when you when you have aspirations of, of greater things that maybe you didn't have 11 years ago right when you have when you want to move from Tampa to a marketplace like Minnesota how receptive are Minnesotans going to be to you know 
Tampa Brewing. And how often are you going to have to explain to them how to pronounce highlight? Every day. Uh, I actually just <laughs> I looked at a photo from one of our home reps. We have this uh, kind of system that allows us to post everything so everybody across the country can see what's going on. And it, on the menu had in parentheses highlight, so yeah. that people had phonetically. Uh, Jai Alay. Yes, that? Uh, Jai? we we did a beer. Gosh, it was a handful of years ago now called Jolly Ollie. Just as a play on that, we you know at some point you own it. Uh, we, we've heard a lot of good stuff. Um, um, it, it's it's fun for us, and, and and whether it's the name of our beers or the name of the brewery, and I think it's the same for you all. It, it, people ask the question, which is part of the fun. Then you get sure. to tell the story. Sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the brands that that people are going to soon start seeing on their Minnesota yep. uh, liquor store shelves. Uh, Highlight is spelled J A I A L A I. Correct. For those that, that very prominent game, especially back when when our owner was growing up. Actually, my first thing I did as an employee of Cigar City was go to a Highlight match and drank a lot of Highlights. It, it was immensely very, fun. Very fast. Very fast. It's still to be very painful. Uh, I, I wouldn't suggest walking off this. I've never done it, and I will not. Uh, I think there's a lot of pain potentially involved with a, yeah. a ball moving that fast. So I'll, I love I'll stay. going to highlight games. It's, if, it's if you have a little fun. bit of, um, if you enjoy drinking um, and have a little bit of degenerate gambler in you, I, mm-hmm. you're uh, yeah. you're in for a good time. You just, just, you just described Drew. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm with it. I, I think I think it's fantastic. It's better better than going to the movies. So highlight is sort of your flagship IPA, correct? Correct. Yes, seven and a half percent. Really, I mean, everyone, anyone could say this. Uh, Wayne Wommels, our brewmaster, kind of envisioned it as a, you know, at the time, you want to be emblematic of Florida, so created something that was big and juicy and tropical. It's got that grapefruit and kind of tropical notes in, you know, six different hop varieties in there. Uh, we feel it gives a, a well-rounded character, but immensely uh, drinkable at 7.5%, which is kind of crazy to say, but we, we focus on that balance where you don't really have that astringency that's kind of carrying with you for days and days. Um, but it's it's been fantastic for us. Do you feel that that's lacking in a lot of, quote-unquote, modern-day IPAs, that, that drinkability, for maybe lack of a better term, the 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 balance that, that people, I guess people like me look for in an IPA? I hesitate every time I try to say drinkable because it, it almost has a bad connotation to it, but I, I think the more you're into beer, and honestly, with any of us starting a brewery, we want to sell beer as well. You don't want people to have a half a beer and move on to the next thing. You right. do want them to kind of get hooked on it. Um, I wouldn't say it across the board. I think there's a, there's, there's a movement from a lot of bigger brewers and smaller brewers to kind of visit those styles that are more universally appealing, you know, where, where you want to tuck in. If you want to sit down for an evening and, and drink, then mm-hmm. you, you actually can. Have something that's drinkable yeah. or, or the yeah. crushable, like the bros call it. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Highlight is incredibly crushable. It is. It is. Especially at, at its weight, it will uh, it will provide value for you in that regard. <laughs> so we, uh, before we got into the brands a little bit, and we'll visit those again in a second, we kind of talked a little about the, the history um, and then we get into the the brands, but where where did things go from? I guess the the humble beginnings. What was the the growth and and kind of the the trend setting like in in the Tampa area? How difficult was it to to kind of break that ground? It, it, it was a lot of educational stuff, and as I mentioned, there really weren't a ton of breweries at the time. Um, and he was one of those as well. If you, we felt we could um, raise the beer scene in Florida in general, uh, it, all, it was the high tide raises all boats or whatever derivative mm-hmm. of that. But that, that was kind of the mentality of it. So it was really educational mission as well. Um, a lot of the beers that we were doing early on, Highline included, uh, we skipped over a bunch of states. So for like Philadelphia and New York City, for instance, we've really been in them since 2010 in that we've sent them some beer. We were never truly fully there, but it was kind of like when, you're, when you don't have the money to spend on traditional marketing, 
send your beer to some of those markets and get your name out there and, and gain some notoriety. And that was some of the early uh, kind of feedback that we got was from doing that and fortunately won some medals early on and things like that that really helped kickstart things. Yeah, those markets are incredibly difficult to be entirely engaged in, um, you know, whether... You know, we can get into some of the stuff that's happened in, in Boston about, you know, pay for play and things that may not have always been above the board, um, making it hard for small breweries to, to engage. Um, and I'm not, I don't think, speaking out of school uh, in terms, there's lawsuits about, um, you know, people being closed out of markets. Um, so it can be difficult as a, a smaller uh, brewer to, to engage in some of those big, volume markets like your your Boston and your Philadelphia and and your New York. How many states um, are you guys in? I'm going to get this wrong now. I just updated it. I want to say we will be in 19 as of a couple of weeks from now. Okay. Um, we were in 12 by the close of 2018, or excuse me, 2017. Uh, we opened up five states really early on this year, a couple more this month. So we're up to 19 now, and then we'll have more uh, coming before the end of May. So very... Um, very aggressive schedule. We're you know we're very fortunate that we 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 have the infrastructure from a sales standpoint to build demand for the beer, um, but also we we haven't been doing it by mistake or by by happenstance. It's it's finding uh, distributor partners and specifically here you know we were we have a strong ties to JJ Taylor from our our, our local market in Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to find markets and distributors that we felt comfortable marrying because that's the fact of the matter. You know it's. It's, we didn't want to roll the ball out there just because uh, we wanted to find those areas where we thought the partnership was right, and, and this was one of those. We are up against a break. Uh, we will be back. We're going to talk some more about Cigar City. We're going to talk some Lift Bridge. We are recording this live at the Park Tavern. This is the Minnesota BeerCast. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. From the Cremation Society of Minnesota Weather Center, lots of sunshine across the metro today with highs this afternoon reaching the upper 50s to near 60. Mainly clear skies tonight with lows in the upper 30s. Sunny and breezy tomorrow with... Special studios. Right, not too far. Not too far. That's why I was, I was able to make it over in the span of a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> Quick plug uh, before we uh, move on to the next topic. Um, if you uh, are in the, I guess, southeast part of the state, uh, 5th of next month, Cinco de Mayo, uh, come see us at the Rochester Craft Beer Expo. Oh, we, yeah? Yes. Is that where we're going to be? I sent you an email. I didn't know that. You didn't get the memo? <laughs> 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 I'll be there. I don't know if Drew will be there or not, but uh, we'll, I'll be there drinking beer. Yeah. You can uh, you can come and sit in the educational seminars. Uh, there will be some some fantastic segments. No, I never I never miss those. Those are fun. Yeah. Those, are, those are a great time. Those always a good time. And Rochester is a, a happening town. Always fun. Lots of exciting things happening in Rochester. Yeah, um, there's more and more things happening, specifically with beer in Rochester. Great food too. Great food. Um, I'm really excited for Little Thistle to uh, to really finalize their uh, construction, open up in Rochester. Yeah, I was thinking. I was about to say that. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I, I got you covered. <laughs> let's. With that said, come see us in Rochester. Let's move on to uh, some more history uh, and the plans really for the future of Cigar City here in Minnesota. We left off talking about your expansion. Uh, were there any lessons you learned early on in the process? Any, you know, if you were if you were advising a a, a young growing brewery who had similar plans, what would be a, a valuable lesson learned early in the process as he started moving out into other states. It, it was a bit of a different 
scenario for us, and, and I was talking to you a little bit earlier about our, our, our uh, kind of new venture with, with Canarchy, how we're partnered up with Oscar Blues, Perrin out of Michigan, and uh, Wasatch and Squatters out of Utah. So in a lot of the markets we went into, we did have the benefit of um, one of our other partners already being there, and Oscar Blues is nationwide at this point, so we had a lot of relationships there. We still went, we still did our due diligence to go with the partner we thought best, so we're not aligned absolutely everywhere, um, but that did help that process because we talked about it being a marriage earlier. You really need to get into the market and talk to retailers, talk to people, get a gauge because it's there's going back is very difficult, put it that way. So you definitely want to do your, your due diligence up front. And, and really the other piece of it, and we were fortunate enough, and some of it really was by um, the, the the size of Florida for us and their ability to literally drink everything we could make for a while <laughs> as, as the scene came up. Um, you you got to dig in your backyard first. If if you can be successful at home, that's when you start to build a name for yourself and grow out. So, you know, expanding too early is also, I would say, we, again, we we didn't necessarily do it by plan, but it worked out that way, and it's it's definitely, I think, the preferred yeah. path. Lucas, you touched on it there briefly, um, you know, with the, the partnership with Oscar Blues. Um, would you expand on, on what that partnership is and what it means for yourselves and the brands that are included? Yeah, I know I, I mentioned we wouldn't be sitting here in Minnesota, first of all, for that. So it's so about two years ago it was announced it was uh, Oscar Blues Holding Company at the time. Uh, simply because there wasn't a better name to be, we didn't come up with anything uh, offhand. Uh, it was about a year and a half now that it was kind of finalized, and then really the Canarchy name only came in, I want to say, six, seven months ago. Uh, but what we've kind of created is a craft brewery collective, is what we refer to it as, and it's an opportunity for us to certainly share efficiencies, um, whether that be uh, from raw material side, uh, certainly a sales side, that we were able to combine forces there. Share best practices is another thing. You know, we, we a lot of like-minded, but I, w I would dare say that no one out there has it completely figured out. If you look at numbers, whether they be small brewers or big brewers, everybody's struggling in some way. So it allows us to put a lot of uh, heads together that came from different directions. And uh, ultimately, it's easy to say we want to provide, we want to be the best possible partners for our wholesalers and retailers as we can be. And this allows us to move in that direction. And, you know, we'll be adding more to the family over time. And I, it's really exciting. There's just no no roadmap for so it just yet. What does that look like? You and you and Dale sit down over a few beers and Dale says, well, this is what I've learned over the years. And you say, well, this is what we found well, works I, well in I don't Florida. I don't necessarily sit down with Dale. I, I have before, but not not necessarily. It's um, we have resources. I mean, there's multiple breweries, um, which starts. We have a key account team mm -hmm. that we never had before for Sergar City. So um, the folks that a lot of them, we you know, if if you were to say they started on Oscar Blue's side, but um, we now have people calling on key accounts, whether it be chains that that sell the portfolio. Um, we have a marketing team. We're able to our, our marketing departments, for instance, our POS people, our point of sale people can share notes a little bit about what's worked for them and where they've sourced things um, operationally. You know, we it, we do a lot of collaboration brews. Wayne has done collaboration brews for years, but it allows, um, we have a lot of talented brewers on the upside, packaging folks um, that can share what's worked, what hasn't, what equipment's great, what's not, um, new raw materials, um, somewhat, you know, buying powers and conversations, things like that. So it's really across the board and it hasn't, it definitely hasn't fully manifested itself yet, but it's, it, we're, we're figuring it out as go. And, it, and it's, to me, it's been great. It's it's really allowed us to, to do some awesome things. We've talked a lot about here how the, the, the beer scene in Minnesota, there's a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of healthy and friendly competition. You know, they're all in competition with each other, but, you know, they're not afraid to, to help each other out or anything like that. As you've entered new markets, has 
has that spirit been consistent, uh, or have you among have, the local breweries that we've encountered? Yeah, local local breweries and, and and local distributors and local liquor stores have have they have they welcomed a Florida brewery with open arms, or has there been sort of a hey, you're not yes. a you're not an <laughs> Iowa brewer. What are you doing here? Uh, it, on the whole, it's, it's a yes. It's been exciting. I mean, that really starts with the distributors and kind of back to what I said of we wouldn't have gone with them if they weren't excited to have us. Um, but we've, we've been fortunate. And listen, in a lot of those markets, there's, again, no delusion. We're a shiny new toy to some regard. So let's see how things are going six months out. And that's on us to do our due diligence and, and, and continue to be great for them. Um, but we've really been well received. It, But I, I, and part of that was what I said about not expanding too early and, and building a brand. Tell people every single trip that I make, you are better off getting Cigar City now than you would have been three, four, five years ago. Uh, we're better across the board. Our liquid's better. I mean, everybody gets better. Any brewery gets better over time, so it's, yeah, it's we're more polished. Sense. I think there's a lot of wisdom in the slow, organic growth as yeah. opposed to the, the pushing and, and the, the expansion as fast as possible to, to get as big a footprint as possible. And then there's so many mistakes that can be made when... Difficult to maintain. When, <laughs> difficult to maintain. And then if there, a mistake is made, the magnitude of that mistake is, is felt throughout the entire organization, right? Um, and to, to address you know, part of Andrew's question earlier... I think that there are people in Minnesota who are definitely excited for Cigar City. I know brewers in Minnesota who go to Hunapu Days, mm-hmm. um, you know, which we really haven't touched on yet. Um, and, and we'll get to that next. Before we get to that, I kind of wanted to ask you, we touched on, on Canarchy and your partnership with those breweries. Is, is those... Are those holding companies, um, those collaboratives, are those an answer to the, the giant mega breweries, the international conglomerates that are, are kind of dominating the, to, the beer To a degree. We're, we're, we're really giving um, breweries out there another option. Um, it, it's, it's something different. There have been other uh, kind of similar things out there, whether that be uh, Victory and Southern Tier and folks like that. Um, we've created something different that we do feel is an alternative to that, that we, we, we all, all of the breweries under the umbrella, we maintain, for lack of a better way to put it, we all have individual books. You know, we're all running our own businesses. They have to be successful on their own right. We get to share some resources and best practices, as I said, but um, we're all allowed to be ourselves, and that's that's the piece of it, too, where I, I say anyone who has said that, you know, Cigar City was, was taken over, or was acquired or purchased is the wrong way to format it. It's really a partnership. Uh, it's allowed us to, to be our better selves, but we, we don't we didn't want any brewery in that umbrella and anyone who comes in the future to lose their identity as part of that. Okay. And we, got, we got two minutes left let's talk about Hunapu and and what that brand is and what's mm-hmm. what's made you guys so so famous around that, that it, beer. it's it's one of those beers um, early on it was a hard to get thing it was a couple hundred people the first year as far as the Hunapu's day go and uh, this past year I think we had 5500 people there um, with a tipping point for us where we had it on site and we invited 5,000 and 9,000 showed up and anyone, <laughs> anyone who's been to our brewery is uh, it doesn't doesn't work um, <laughs> but it, it's it's an imperial stout it, it's really a derivative of our uh, Marshall Zukovs it's kind of a mole-esque treatment something that Wayne worked on when he was homebrew early on, uh, but you got your ancho, pasilla, chilies, your cinnamon, cocoa nibs, vanilla, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so the beer itself is very much sought after, and it was one of those beers because it was only sold on Hunapu's Day. It gave us that notoriety. I believe the double barrel version is still the top rated sound on rate beer as far as barrel aged. Um, but the other piece that I think gets lost in it is the festival is spectacular. To your point of people coming down here, if we get folks from all over the world, breweries from all over the world, we've had such great involvement. I forget the count this year, but it was 160-ish or so of breweries that showed up to participate in the festival, which is awesome. It's 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 great. You know, there there are worse places. You to know be what in. you haven't had. 
is a live Minnesota beer cast. Please at the festival. Come, we we had so we had so much space this year. We'll you're, set up a lounge. You're, you're a Tampa fantastic. boy. Can we crash on yeah. Mom and Dad's couch? I got I got a I got a place. You have connections. All right. I got a place to stay. I don't know about you, but I got a place. To stay. Well, can, <laughs> can I sleep in your car or something? <laughs> we'll we'll figure something out. Oh man, we'll All find right. you. We'll find you a room. We live on location from Hunapu Days. We'll work it out. <laughs> work it I like out. It. All right, that's a good time. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Lucas, you have uh, you have a hard out. Um, you have a thing to get to. Have to go rally the troops. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us on the Minnesota BeerCast. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. If, uh, if folks want to find locations where they can get Cigar City, is there a website? It's, it's going to be, yeah, CigarCityBrewing.com, I will say, for Minnesota. It is going to be draft only for the first couple months. We're going to introduce cans in early June to get ahead of the 4th of July holiday. But we're going to go with our High Lie IPA, Invasion uh, Pale Ale, Guaybaro Citra Pale, and Maduro Brown uh, draft only for a little bit. We'll introduce those cans in about, about a month and a half or so, uh, and then roll forward from there. And, you know, things, things will grow as we uh, build some brand equity in the area. Yeah, all right. Thanks, Lucas. Thanks, Cigar City, for coming to Minnesota. We'll be back after this with Dan Schwartz from Liftbridge. And you're listening to the Minnesota BeerCast. Hey, it's Drew here for the Good Feet Store. Look, I've been suffering from foot pain for well over a year now. I went on vacation last year. I did a ton of walking and ended up with this severe foot pain on the outside of my foot. And it made it really difficult to do the things I want to do. I went to the Good Feet Store and I tried their Good Feet Arch Support System. Let me tell you, I noticed the difference immediately. I saw immediate relief from my foot pain. And it's just... With uh, Luke's from uh, Cigar City. I loved him in Ant-Man. I thought he was really it's a, good. It's a great joke for radio. In Ant-Man. The guy looks just like Paul Rudd. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything while he was here, but he looks just like Paul Rudd. I thought we were interviewing Paul Rudd. I got really excited. Is, is he in the new Infinity Wars? He, I don't know. I'll find out tonight. It should be. You gotta, you gotta tie. I don't in know all if the Ant-Man. The, uh, uh, the tent. I, I don't know if Ant-Man is one of the uh, one of the, uh, the Avengers in the new Infinity Wars. I haven't seen him in any of the trailers, so I don't know. I will let you know. I'm, I'm going tonight. Uh, midnight showing, I believe. Oh yeah, I'm going. So. Uh, I'll be there at 7 o'clock tonight. All right. So uh, yeah. go see it yourself. Let me know. <laughs> I will text you. Thanks. And spoil it for I you. Appreciate spoil it. it all for you. Well, let's let's get into some some local beer. Let's talk Liftbridge. Dan's been sitting here mum the entire time we were talking to Lucas. It's because I've been drinking Lucas's beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you a fan of the uh, the Cigar City, Dan? Oh yeah. I mean they they started about the same time we did, and certainly we're fans of what they've been doing down there in in Florida. And every time I'm down there, I seek it out and. Uh, pick it up, sit by the pool, sit in the hot tub, and and drink it. Usually when it's negative twenty b- below here in <laughs> right. Minnesota. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, speaking of ex- expanding breweries, you guys have a little news to share. Why don't you enlighten the listeners? Yeah, we're pretty excited. Uh, we just announced that we've secured um, some property to expand our brewery. We're going to build a new brewery, about thirty-five thousand square feet, and expand. Um, that's roughly about three times the size of our current current brewery so um the brew house we currently brew in a 15 barrel brew house which is pretty small um i call it our pilot system that we use for production and uh the new brewery we're looking at somewhere between 35 and 50 barrels so um i know the team is really excited about some new equipment and a new building kind of been bootstrapping and just making stuff happen for a lot a long time and so everybody's pumped about the the new facility what are your plans for all this new capacity well it's um it's it's a little bit interesting i mean we we've been doing some contract brewing for a lot of years so kind of our excess anything that we can't do at our facility has been been done elsewhere with uh cold spring and third street brewery so this is a chance for us to um 
bring all that back in and be able to kind of control our own destiny there. So right right away from day one, we'll we'll you know we'll be three times what we currently produce. I heard you guys have facility. plans to start distributing in Tampa, Florida. Is yeah, that true? we definitely are. We're gonna, <laughs> uh, we're gonna join Canarchy. Let's start lots of rumors then. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, it's um, we're, we're we've been expanding a little bit, but you know we've been planning on expanding to states for lots of years but kind of uh we had the same thing as cigar city it just kind of all the volume kept getting eat, eaten up locally sure so last year towards the end of the summer we added um madison and milwaukee markets and um, we're filling in um wisconsin this year so we'll add a few few but certainly we're just we've just been uh growing pretty rapidly inside of the existing territory uh, that that that's exciting as a business person to hear that you're you're expanding but it's all local right you you don't have to worry about the the added expense of going to try to find a partner mm-hmm. in in iowa or or in the dakotas or you know moving off if you can continue to grow and gain popularity within your own marketplace it's so many fewer things to have to worry about while continuing to to gain ground business wise yeah very true and I think um, it's been uh, it's just been really fun to like I mean we've been bootstrapping all of the different equipment and and that type of stuff and so to have um, you know have a chance to do it again mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of a lot of lessons I learned. I do this different. I do that different. And uh, you know we were we were the first, we're the longest running tap rooms and we started prior to the tap room law so this will be a chance to really build a tap room from from the ground up um, the space that we currently call our tap room was was we had a couple offices there so we kicked <laughs> ourselves out of the office and now we just sit at picnic tables um, in the tap room all right my, day, so. my big question concerning tap room are you guys gonna have on-site kitchen food worked into your experience there you know we've, we've blocked out some space for that we don't know exactly what that'll look like i think we'll need it no matter what we do um currently we do a lot of private events and have caterers come in so that's that's a challenge for people right now is when they come in the brewery there's no place to set up and and so we'll definitely have a food option of some type but we don't exactly know what that is yet very good exciting yeah yeah we're really pumped well we've been we've been drinking mango blind yeah. throughout this Speaking segment. Of exciting um, nice to see this back this is yeah this is this is back in in full force uh one of i don't one of my favorite beers of the the summertime and really of the year um for those that haven't had it walk us through this this tall can of, of mango blonde dan sure i mean it's it's really kind of a, a tropical tropical treat it's um the blonde beer recipe, so really a light, easy drinking beer, probably about four, four point seven five percent is what what we target. Um, has a little bit of mango puree and some natural flavors that just give it a nice, uh, bright mango aroma. You get a little mango fruit, but it still tastes like a beer, so it's not over overly fruited. And I think that's something we always try to do is to maintain some balance yeah, between that. Yeah, because I'm a man. I don't like fruit yeah. in my beer. <laughs> well, I tell you what, on a hot sunny day, boy, that sure is a it's a good crusher. That's I'm a man, sure. and I do like fruit in my beer. I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah, but you drink it with your pinky up, I right? I drink it with my pinky up. <laughs> I drink it out of a wine 
wine glass. Do you, do you get any kickback from from people who aren't secure enough to enjoy a beer with a little bit of fruit in it? You know, um, I, we don't get a lot of it. I mean, we're we're the brewery that named our flagship beer Farm Girl, so I think we're pretty secure in who we are. <laughs> um, so you can call us names or whatever you want. But um, I, we have a lot of people who really love mango uh, blonde and are looking for it in the off season. But um, we're just glad to have it back, and we're glad to have the snow melted around oh, so that gosh. we can enjoy beer right? on a patio. Absolutely. Right? right? There, yeah. there aren't many better patio beers than uh, Liftbridge Mango Blonde. That's for Thanks. sure. Do you ever use Mango Blonde to, to cook anything? i got to imagine this beer is, I'm just thinking salsa in my head and like all the different spice things that could be happening with the mango in this beer. you ever use it to cook, Dan? You know, I haven't I haven't done too much with it, but just thinking off the top of my head, I would, I would think about doing something. I mean, actually, maybe a beer can chicken with that would probably be pretty good if you got a little fruit in there. Yeah. There you go. Um, Bad idea. Maybe even some go go Hawaiian with it, do a Kahlua pork and use that in a glaze or of some type on that. I'm a big fan of smoking. I have a big green egg and oh. um, usually Sunday is Sunday smoke day. Oh, uh, when we, we fire up the big green egg and, and cook something on the patio. <laughs> I need me a big green egg. I've just got like the uh, the barrel smoker with the, the smoke box on the side. Yeah. And it works pretty well, but man, it's not the big green egg. Like, I've got to be out there every 15, 20 minutes, which is... Honestly, I should probably just leave it the way it is because it's kind of by design. I have to sit out there and, and sorry, dear, I can't. I really can't do anything. I've got to make sure that everything is is being smoked appropriately. And hey, would you mind grabbing me two more beers? I'm just gonna I'm gonna sit out here. If by I come the, in and get them, our dinner's ruined. Right. I just I need to make sure that the proper smoke levels and the temperature is maintained here. So I'm not I'm not gonna be able to mow the lawn today. And um, nope, not gonna be able to clean the bathroom either. But <laughs> the, the pork is going to be gonna love the perfectly. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. This pork shoulder is going to be great. <laughs> hey, there's something about uh, just slowing down and enjoying life a little bit. And yeah. I think that smoking uh, lifestyle is certainly part of that. Absolutely. That's what smoking is all about. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, well, not just smoking, but any sort of those slow cooked, mm -hmm. you know, long, just let it, let it just take its time. I mean, those the, those are usually the best tasting things you're going to eat, or things That's you right. really take the time. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, we're almost out of time, uh, but Dan, you do have a collaborative brew coming up with the 18th of May uh, that you mentioned. Yeah, we did, a, we did a Pink Boots Society beer, a beer that benefits that, and it's, um, it was started by Danny Majeris. She's, she's a, she immigrated from Peru, and she's our quality manager. She does a great job and uh, put together a uh, sparkling golden ale with pomegranates and hibiscus. We were originally going to do that beer release when it was the blue a couple of weeks ago here in Minnesota so we rescheduled it so that the bands and everybody could come out so we're gonna have bands we're gonna have uh, some women-owned businesses and then proceeds will go to help out the pink boot society for scholarships for women in brewing nice is that a, a national scholarship or is that a local scholarship that's a national um, national group Nice. Mm -hmm. I do know that, um, I don't know how much time we have to discuss it, uh, Drew, but oh, we're out of time. Pretty much, but, you know. Uh, we'll we'll save, we, maybe we'll save it for the next show. squeeze a little bit extra. I do know that the Brewers Association did kind of identify uh, a new diversity off officer, um, kind of looking at, at 
addressing some more of those issues within the Brewers Association. But maybe we'll we'll save that for the next show. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have somebody from the Brewers Association on, perhaps. Well, maybe we'll give Julia Hertz a call and see if she can she can dial in. Well, you know what? You're just gonna have to listen next week to find out if we uh, if we talk more about it. It's a teaser. It's a teaser of something we might do. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> thanks, Dan. Uh, always enjoy having you on the show, man. Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate you swinging by and bringing us some of this uh, tasty mango blonde and the uh, the amazing uh, tiki glasses. Yeah, cheers. Are these going to be available to the general public? Yeah, we sell them in the tap room, so if you want to swing by and pick up a tiki glass and enjoy some beer on the patio. Yeah, the uh, the tiki glass is just gorgeous. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, these are really cool. And if you do uh, cook something fantastic with this mango blonde, hit us up on Twitter. Let me know what you cooked, and uh, maybe I will try to do the same myself. I'm looking I'm for thinking like a ideas. moho pork. Mm. You're a moho. I think a moho. Yeah, like a Cuban moho pork. <laughs> that would be a good mashup between uh, Cigar City and Bridget Cuban. Mango blonde that I like to drink. There you go. I love it. All right, man. We'll see you next week. Thanks for uh, listening to the Minnesota Beercast. See you. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow.